peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what is good? Sometimes when I come back to the podcast and I'm studying my Bible and going over my notes or taking notes, I think to myself, who cares about what I think? (laughs) Which is actually a good thing because for me, as I've stated before, this podcast is really more therapeutic than anything. Initially, it started as something else. And honestly, the reason I continue is because it actually keeps me consistent reading and studying my Bible. Really, that's the biggest reason. And there were several times where I thought about just completely ending the podcast. And I talk with some people and there's very few people who actually listen. But the people who listen actually enjoy a podcast. And the moments I think, you know what? I'm just not even going to bother recording anymore. I'll get a message from somebody talking or or let me know how they appreciate the podcast. So I'm thankful that you would take your time out to listen to me. I am nobody. And a lot of my thoughts are pretty basic, but people enjoy them. So here we are with me and my thoughts. The book of Exodus chapter nine And verse one, let's get into this. All right. Looking down at my notes. Let me put my notes up here because it makes it a little easier. All right. The Lord said unto Moses, go into Pharaoh and tell him, thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go that they may serve me. So we get the same instruction again, going back to Pharaoh, let the people go so they can do as instructed by God and serve him and offer up sacrifices to him in the wilderness. Uh, Verse two, for if thou refuse to let them go and will hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field upon thy horses, upon thy asses, and upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep, there shall be a very grievous marin. And that word marin means it is uh, an infectious and fatal disease among cattle. Here's what's funny. Now, now, and I, I know I keep saying this, but I've read this many times and it it begs it begs the question how often do you read on autopilot because it's evident to me right now that as I've read through this before I pretty much read on autopilot because I don't remember this word now it's been a while since I've read through 
the Old Testament like this. I think after I got saved shortly after I read through uh, the entire Bible and I did it once more. I believe I could be mistaken. I think I just read through certain books or read through big books. But now as I'm reading through this again, I'm like, man, I probably need to at least once a year just read through the whole Bible because there's a lot you can forget or at least I can forget. I don't have a steel trap for memory like some people do. Okay, uh, where's that? Verse four. And the Lord shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel. So again, there's going to be a separation between Israel's cattle and the cattle and the cattle of the Egyptians. So this plague is not going to befall the children of Israel. And if there was no other way, if, if there was any question in Pharaoh's mind of who is doing this, if nothing else that will solidify, this is the work of the most high God of heaven and earth. And Pharaoh should acknowledge and know this verse five and six. And the Lord appointed a set time saying tomorrow, the Lord shall do this thing in the land. And the Lord did that thing on the morrow and all the cattle of Egypt died. But out of the cattle of the children of Israel did uh, died, not one. And I would imagine, again, if I'm Pharaoh and I'm seeing this, then there's only one conclusion I can come to. This information that's coming to me from Moses and Aaron, these instruction and these commands from this God that they keep telling me about is real. This is the true and living God of heaven and earth. So this this kind of made me think of something else. Now, these are just my thoughts. I'm not saying this is, you know, this is not dogma, right? This is just me thinking about the time and thinking about Pharaoh. I know a lot of the Egyptians, a lot of the Egyptian pharaohs were worshipped as deities, right? And they had, you know, many gods that the Egyptians worshipped. So I wonder if if there were several things going on. I wonder if one Pharaoh, he was just raised this way. He was arrogant. He didn't want to let the people go. And I also wonder if the what the the information, the commands that Moses and Aaron were bringing to him were a direct attack in his eyes on his ego, because if he's seen as a deity, well, he's being outdone. Clearly, he's not the big dog on a block. And I don't think he'd like that. That, you know, all of that may have played into what's going on. I'm inclined to believe it did. Verse seven. And Pharaoh sent and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened and he did not let the people go again. Pharaoh is so mad and enraged at what's going on. He's so enraged that seemingly what Moses is telling him 
is is true. He can't deny it. He's stuck between a rock and a hot place. And so that made me, you know, think about what was Pharaoh thinking in his position? Again, arrogance, maybe thinking that he was the big dog on a block, maybe wondering, well, what about the, the pagan gods that they worship? What, what do these things mean for the gods that Pharaoh and his people claim to worship? And what does it mean for his authority? Well, we know that God has all power. We know that no man has power outside of God gives it to him. The Lord Jesus Christ said this to Pontius Pilate. Uh, verse 8 and 9. Oh, let me scroll up here. And the Lord said unto Moses and unto Aaron, take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh and it shall become small dust in all the land of Egypt and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. So uh, a bland or blain, however that's pronounced, is a pustule, a botch, a blister. So now, again, Pharaoh didn't listen. So here comes another plague. Everybody's going to have boils and blisters, every man and every beast. You would think this would be the point where Pharaoh would heed what Moses and Aaron is saying. But we see the stubbornness of Pharaoh runs deep. Verse 10. And they took ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh and Moses sprinkled it up toward heaven and it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beasts. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils for the boil was upon the magicians and upon all the Egyptians so these magicians are pretty much brought to the end of their capabilities. Again, as I said earlier, God has all power. Now, these Egyptians and the magicians may not have fully comprehended this, but at this point, they now are left with no excuse. They are seeing that God has all power and whatever power they thought they had. Yeah, they don't have it. And their abilities have ended and God is showing them who is the true and living God, the most high God of heaven and earth. Uh, verse 12. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. And the Lord said unto Moses, rise up. So again, Pharaoh didn't listen. You would think seeing these things, seeing the magicians at their wits end, seeing them at the end of their capabilities, you would think Pharaoh would go, all right, it's time for me to acquiesce and listen to what they're saying. But that is not what happened. And the Lord said unto Moses, rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, let my people go 
that they may serve me. So this is would have been the point after these things have befallen the Egyptians that Pharaoh, it would be wise for him to say, all right, I give in. You're right. But like all of us do, again, put myself in the same category as Pharaoh. God will say something and we continually think we know better. No matter how much proof we have to the contrary, we always think we know better. Um, verse 14, for I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart and upon thy servants and upon thy people that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. So I think that there was something personally going on with Pharaoh because of what's said here. Pharaoh in his arrogance thought that his magicians would of course be able to do all these same things that Moses and Aaron are doing. And thusly, he thought the most high God of heaven and earth, the God that the Hebrews worship, there's nothing special about this God. We worship a God as well. But what he didn't know is what he worship is falsehood. The God that Moses and Aaron are telling him about is the true and living God, the most high God of heaven and earth. And God is letting him know with everything that's happening, that there is none like him on all the earth. So that made me think, well, what was going on in Pharaoh's heart? Again, did Pharaoh think that this is nothing special? I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. And at some point, they're going to give up and they're going to acquiesce. You think about the culture of that time. You think about the different gods and the different deities that the Egyptians worshipped. And you think about the, the empty prayers that they threw up to these gods. And you think about the things that, that didn't happen as a result of those empty prayers. And now, here it is, Pharaoh is seeing Moses and Aaron come to him with a command from God. And God is telling him, if you don't do this, there are specific things that are going to happen and everything that Moses and Aaron are saying is coming to pass. And I would be willing to venture that Pharaoh in his lifetime has never seen anything like this. So it's, it's, it's got to anger him because I'm trying to think about how to word this. It's got to anger him because he's probably thinking Egyptians are superior but here it is, he's being outdone by a God he knows not of, the God of his enslaved people. But at that point, that would be, if you were thinking rationally, that would be where you say, okay, we have gods in Egypt. We have gods that we worship, but I've never seen anything like this. My magicians are at the end of their capabilities and their abilities. And everything that Aaron and Moses is saying is coming true. And let me let me read what was said in verse 14. Again, he said, for I will at this time send all my plagues upon thine heart 
and upon thy servants and upon thy people that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. So if God said that he's doing this to show Pharaoh that there is none like him in all the earth, then I'm pretty sure Pharaoh may not have admitted it out his mouth, but in his heart, he probably knew this has got to be real because there's nothing like this. You remember what the magicians told him? They were like, yo, what Moses and Aaron are doing, yo, we can't compete. Like, surely this is the hand of God for sure. So they were thinking rationally, but Pharaoh and his arrogance just refused to see it. Kind of like a lot of us do sometime. Well, I can't speak for other people, but I can speak for myself. I've been there. I have been in Pharaoh's shoes many times. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.